to Parking the Bus, episode 34 of the only fantasy football podcast that thinks defence is better than attack. I am your host, Callum McAvoy, joined as ever by my good friend, Jack Murray. Good evening, Callum. So, Jack, let me ask you a very important question. In all your years playing football at school or in the park, uh, have you ever seen your goalkeeper score a goal? Uh, yeah, I have, actually. Um, and and that goalkeeper was me. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I scored a, from a goal when I was about ten. I I was a goalkeeper when I was younger, um, because I never fancied tackling, and I've got good quite uh, hand eye coordination is my main skill in life. And I just kicked the ball out of my hand. It bounced over the keeper and went in. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously on on a lot smaller pitches, but yeah. That was. Uh, I've only ever done it once. I think I could. I probably kicked further when I was ten years old than I do now. But yes, I have. Sorry to spoil your question, but yeah. No, that that's a kind of perfect answer. You can now give us some insight into what uh, Alison Becker was uh, was feeling at the end of that uh, Liverpool West Brom game. In fairness to him, his was actually a very like technically that was actually a really nice header. Like that's not an easy. That wasn't an easy header. I just hoofed the ball as far as I could, and it, I managed to ca- catch it properly. I think, I can't really remember previous goals scored by goalkeepers, but I reckon that's probably the best one in terms of actual technical ability to get the ball in the net. Yeah, I mean, there's it's only happened six times in the Premier League. Uh, I won't do a quiz on uh, on, on who they were. But, um, yeah, uh, three of them were from, like, long balls, uh, basically, like yours, and then the other two were from situations where the keeper went into the, the penalty box was... and uh, one of them was Schmeichel uh, when he was playing at Aston Villa and he yeah. had a, a really nice volley actually he scored if I remember rightly he scored a lot of goals for Bronby I think or like not a lot but obviously like a decent amount from from corners if I remember because I think I I nearly had this as, as a quiz question once uh, for a quiz I was making uh, and it was I think he because he scored, he has like eleven goals in his whole career. Yes, Peter Schmeichel, but none of them for United. They were all for like the other clubs he played for. Yeah, uh, he never got one for uh, United, which is I, I thought I find a really strange stat. But uh, there you go. Fergie probably didn't let him go up. No, that would have been very unusual, actually. Uh, <laughs> that you mention it, but yeah, no, no, that's that's all that. All that to say that, yes, this was the week that Alison Becker scored a sensational header in the Premier League. Uh, I don't know about you, I was watching it live and I was like, it wouldn't be really funny if like he scored. And then as the corner came in, I was like, it's it's going right towards him and, and he's unmarked. And then you just saw his head do the little movement and I was like, oh my God, this is happening. Yeah, I wish I'd be watching it live. Uh, I wasn't, I was watching Nadal against Djokovic instead. Um, but um, I don't. I don't blame you. That sounds quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did Brad Friedel score from a corner? Got uh, from a not from a goal kick, but from his own. He he has scored. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Obviously, uh, Paul Robinson and Begovic scored the long hoofs. Oh yes, I know. Brad Friedel did score from a corner. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Begovic, Robinson, and Tim Howard. Tim Howard, yeah. Um, all from their own penalty box, and then it's yeah, Alison Schmeichel and Brad Friedel. Yeah, um, Friedel doesn't know a lot about his goal. 
it just kind of comes into the box and just hits him on the leg and goes in. I've, I've, but uh, you know, had to be there to score it, I guess. I've seen so. it, but not and but not for years. It's interesting as well that um, Allison's goal was the first ever winning goal, mm. which makes sense because mm. most of the time you don't send your goalkeeper up if you're at one or in a Premier League season. Obviously, the difference was Liverpool needed the win, really. Whilst most of the time, obviously, you do, if you say it's game week 10 and it's 1-0, you don't send the keeper up for a corner. <laughs> this wouldn't be a thing. So I get why that why that stats are the case. But uh, I thought it was interesting anyway. One final note on this. I bet Edison is furious. <laughs> I, wa- I wanted to be the one to score this season. But no. That's true. I didn't think... If they... Yeah. Sorry, go. On. If they get a pe- if they get a penalty, and he's playing like he's gonna take it. Surely in the next two, saying he keeps saying he wants to, so I think he should do it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There you go. Um. Yeah. In- interesting week of football. A uh, lot going on in the news cycle. Um. Uh, obviously, uh, also the FA Cup final as well. Uh, congrats to Leicester. I think the result that pretty much everyone wanted. <laughs> Uh, except if you're a Chelsea fan, obviously. But yeah, no, an interesting week. Um, in terms of fantasy, uh, I don't know if you know this, Jack, uh, we tied this week, both on 55 points. Oh, no, I didn't know, actually. Yeah, 55 against an average of 38, so unspectacular week, but a decent week. I was more buzzing for Palace beating Villa mm. uh, on Sunday. Yeah, uh, in a in a in a extremely entertaining game of football, actually. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, I I believe I look this up every week. I believe the top one k average off the top of my head was fifty two. So we both beat that this week. I, if I beat that, I think oh, I've actually I, that, I'll take that. That's a decent week. I mean, it was difficult. I only had ten men in the end because Me too. I was already missing. Uh, yeah, Iniacho and Shaw because of fixtures. Uh, and then Diaz didn't play, so I was down to 11. And then Jota mysteriously was injured. I blame Sadio Mane, personally. but uh... <laughs> <laughs> Kicked him in the well, shower. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it. I wouldn't blame... Well, I, I would blame him, but I wouldn't blame him, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, fantasy season coming to an end. I've got not a lot to play for, so... As per usual, I've stuck with my I'm going to captain a defender and see what happens this week. Gone with Trent. So hopefully a clean sheet against Burnley and then hopefully something a bit more, maybe an assist or two. would be nice. Interestingly, we both made the same transfer as well from uh, Jota to Harrison. Yeah, I think it was a very common one. Yeah, I wanted, I actually wanted to go Mason Greenwood, but I already have Shaw and Bruno, who I don't think will play in game week 38 and I also have Luca Dean who has uh, Man City so I don't want to play him so I thought I don't want to be adding to my rotation risks mm. and he uh, didn't get anything so uh, well I know you don't know this but neither did Harrison so but 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 Harrison did get one more point than Greenwood so um, well that, that's something I guess yeah um, but um yeah, it didn't really work out. But they do have West Brom in 38, so that could be a... I'd imagine in front of the, the Leeds fans for the first time as well, they're going to want to put a show on. Yeah, let, let's hope so. And um, I, I, as I said, this is end of the season now, so it's kind of just you may as well go all in on a player you think is going to do well. Don't think about long term. And I just thought Harrison's got two really good fixtures. I'll, I'll go for him. So didn't put, didn't put, Honestly, didn't put too much thought into it this week. 
Uh, and the other, well, there's two other bits of major news. One is apparently Harry Kane wants to leave Spurs, but that's transfer gossip. I don't like to get into that kind of stuff because it's just an, an endless cycle of dread and despair, especially when you're a Palace fan. So I, t- I tend to avoid all of it. Um, I don't know how you feel as a as a Spurs fan, obviously. Um, at this point, uh, uh, you know, I don't trust Sky Sports anymore. They just, one, Sky Sports are so desperate for him to leave. It's, you can taste it. I think at this point, it genuinely is quite 50-50. I think, I don't doubt that he is not, a, uh, that he's looking for a new challenge, but I also don't think that he would um, throw toys out the pram if, if he had to stay, because I don't think that's what he's about. So I think at this point it's genuinely 50-50, not like a done thing like all these news outlets will have you believe. I get the impression, and I could be completely wrong, but he's the kind of character to go, I wouldn't mind leaving because I want to play Champions League and I don't think I'm going to win much with Spurs. But I'm all, but he's probably also in the frame of mind of, as you say, he's not going to throw the toys out of the pram. He's not He's not you know, going to seek the, to be put on the transfer list. He's just going to... If a club wants me and they can afford me for a decent price, I'll go. But I don't think he's overly fussed. It was just as, as well, I also think from a financial point of view, uh, for these other clubs, he's 28 this summer with some dodgy ankles. It seems also inevitable, it's always inevitable at this point that he misses somewhere between like six to ten games a season with with injuries. So I th- I'm not sure, you know, if, if we hold out for like 90 million, I'm not sure teams will see it as a financially viable option whether this means we get forced down in our valuation or he stays i don't know but um, i don't think people have really thought about that part of it that it might not actually be financial via financially viable for like city and united i mean i saw tifo put out a, uh, a video today saying you know who could who could buy harry kane i haven't watched it yet but i'll be uh, i'll be curious to see what their answer to that is and the other final bit of news before we get onto our main topic this week uh, it's happened. Roy Roy Hodgson's leaving Crystal Palace. Uh, the announcement made today, which we all saw coming, I think, of the last few weeks has been sort of rumblings that obviously he hadn't committed to, obviously hadn't signed a new deal. And I think, as I, from what I think I said it on the pod a few weeks ago, I said the fact that there hasn't been an announcement yet tells me he's going. Uh, and that's what's happened. Final home game is tomorrow evening against Arsenal. So if there was a time to do it, it was now. I'll, I'll probably share more of my thoughts on Roy leaving and where I think Palace will go next uh, in the future. Uh, for now, though, I just want to say uh, he proved me wrong. Uh, four years ago, when when we appointed him, I thought this is the end of my my my, my football club. Um, <laughs> I, my my knowledge of Roy was very much narrow to his time with England, what a disaster it had been, um, and obviously at Liverpool as well to an extent. So, yeah, when he came and didn't think much of it, uh, I think I had other people telling me, no, no, Roy, Roy's a, a Palace kind of manager, you'll be fine under him, and he's he's ended up being our best pre- manager in the Premier League, and arguably one of our best of all time, to be honest. You know, a lot of people talk about what Sean Dyche has done with Burnley on little, you know, very few resources, and Roy's done a, a similar, if not better, job at at, uh, at Palace. Icon, legend. Uh, I hope that uh, next season, when we have 
full crowds back that he'll come and visit Selhurst and we can give him a, a proper send-off because he's uh, definitely earned it. So, yeah, that's uh, my, my thoughts on Roy as to who takes over. My heart says Lampard. My head is unsure as to who the best person to take over is. But uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting summer and I'm looking... I'm looking forward to it to see what happens. So, but anyway, that is kind of our preamble done. We'll get now to the main course of this podcast, which we've been looking forward to doing for a few weeks, uh, haven't we, Jack? We've, we've teased it a few times. Um, I've had Excel spreadsheets going <laughs> for this week. Uh, I know you've had some kind of uh, um, draft system. Yeah, all your notes there, I can see. <laughs> Five pieces of paper I've got um, in total. Christ. Um, yeah, this is, of course, our Euro 2020, not 2021, as they keep trying to remind us, uh, our Euro 2020 England squads. Uh, this is who we think should be on the plane to Wembley, which makes very little sense because that's where we're based anyway. <laughs> It's kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb that phrase. We can't really say, "Oh, who's on the plane?" When our first three matches are all in the UK. I know we've got. I know we've got to go up to Scotland for the second one, but uh, it's a bit of a we, we can't really use that phrase, can we? <laughs> no, I think it's more of like a saying, isn't it? At this point, rather than an actual literal thing. It was like in the last Euros in France when they kept saying, "Oh, we're going on the plane," and I was like. But you could just take the Eurostar. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so like, surely, like you could just take the train or the ferry if you wanted to, like cut some costs. But uh, oh well. Um, yes, this is we are we have picked our own squads. Yeah, twenty six man squads. We do not know who is in each in each other's squads. I'm gonna guess ninety percent the same though. You'd imagine so. Uh, mate, yeah. Uh, especially now that it is 26 and I'm uh, for selfish reasons I'm glad it's 26 because it meant that I was able to include some players that I was really I would feel really bad about leaving out uh, and yeah I'm I don't know how it's going to affect the tournament I don't think that all the outfield players who will go will actually play I reckon there'll be three maybe four who won't get any minutes at all um but even so, those players, will, if they're young players, will get good experience in being in a squad. If it's an older player, they can bring some experience, which I quite like. Yeah, we're, we're expecting the announcement from Southgate sometime next week. Yeah, the twenty 25th. So I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who Southgate goes with. We'll mention who we think Southgate will go with. But this is who we would want if we were in charge of the England uh, team. With that in mind, we basically picked our own formations and the, our own ways of like lining up the squad. Because I think if I was picking Southgate's team, I'd have a much more of an emphasis on like putting a back five together, if you know what I mean. Uh, whereas, since this is my own team, I've basically gone, I think England will play best as a 4-2-3-1, so I've based my whole squad around that. Uh, I don't know how you approached it, Jack. Mine's very flexible, actually. Um, I reckon we could play a lot of systems. Um, 
with my squad. My well, spoiler, my starting eleven for the first game is actually a three four three. Um so that's so that's where we differ um instantly, I guess. Yeah. Uh part of it was that it's against Croatia, which is obviously the, the toughest game, in theory, at least. Um but also I just liked the balance a bit more of the team. Um as I say, formations are just it's a bit of a of a basic statement, but f- formations are just for the TV at the start of the game. I don't agree with three four three if we have Rice and Henderson or Rice and Phillips as a midfield two. But I the way I did it, I think there's a lot more balance in the four at the back system. But we'll uh, we'll get onto that towards the end of the podcast anyway. I I I, I like the um, the back five or the back three of the World Cup because I felt that our main strength in the squad was with our fullbacks and our centre backs. So I thought it was good to maximise that. But this time round, I don't think that's where our strength lies. I think our strength lies with our front line. And I think you need a formation that, while still balanced, will get the most out of a front three or a front four in my case. So that's how I viewed it. I respect Southgate will go with something completely different probably. And um, I mean, you've said it to me enough times, both on and off the pod, you need to have durability and flexibility during a tournament so it makes sense that you've i mean my team can probably play a back three or a back five but i've built it as if i want essentially two squads of uh two like 11s of four two three one if that makes any sense yeah i did the same and then yeah and then i my three extra players i bought in will add a new dynamic if needed uh, essentially yeah so Yeah, um, without further ado... Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll go through position by position, discuss uh, the players we've bought, why we've done it, and also mention a couple of players who... Uh, haven't made our squads, uh, but could also be in the running, potentially. Um, and also, we'll, we'll talk a bit about what Southgate will, will probably do. Uh, and then at the end of that, we'll give our ideal starting 11s for the first game against Croatia. So, let's start with the goalkeepers. And I think this might be the only position that everyone is going to agree and have the same three players for. <laughs> so uh, I've just listed mine alphabetically. Um, Dean Henderson, Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope. Yeah, of course. Um, you will find the odd fan out there who just doesn't want Pickford in the squad entirely, I reckon. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only thing. Uh, did you write down the fourth choice out of interest, just in case Pope is still injured or something? If the, If... One person has to come in, and I think everyone will agree with this, it will be Sam Johnston. Agreed. Would be my pick. Yeah. I think that's the easiest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking at this, I actually found an interesting stat that um, the two bottom keepers in the league this season for expected goals, the gap between expected goals and what they actually prevented, um, the bottom two were Carl Darlow and Alex McCarthy, who are both English. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've seen Alex McCarthy play, uh, obviously, while he was at that one season at Palace, and I never rated him then, and I never, still don't rate him now. Uh, and there's a reason why, you know, Harsen Hootel's rotating him so much with, uh, 
which were four stone last season with Angus Gunn. Um, yeah, I just will. We'll, I'll mention the other names. Um, you said obviously McCarthy, Aaron Ramsdale is the other one, but I'm not a great season at all for Sheffield United. Not all his fault, but uh, I, he's never convinced me. He's uh, um, he's fifth for me if it makes any difference. So fair enough. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, the only other name I wrote down, and I've I've written uh, a few names from the 2018 World Cup just to as a fun comparison to see where they are now. <laughs> um, so obviously Pickford and Pope were there. The other one was, of course, Jack Butland. Jack Butland, yeah. Uh, now, of, now of Crystal Palace fame. Um, played on the weekend, didn't play badly on the weekend. Um, two goals that I don't think he would have saved. I mean, Guaita would have saved. So, um, yeah. I think the bigger question will be who will start, and I think we'll get onto that a bit later on. But I think all three have a great claim to being England's number one this summer. Agree. Uh, yeah. I think I think personally Dean Henderson is the best all-round keeper. Uh, I think Jordan Pickford is obviously the most experienced uh, in terms of the national setup. Uh, and I think Nick Pope has probably had the best season of the three of them um, all around. So uh, to be honest, I'd be happy with any of them starting. Um, not that I think they're all outstanding keepers necessarily, but just in that I think they're all about the same level and they all have different qualities. But uh, we'll get on to who will start them a little later. Um, anything else you want to add? No, I, I agree basically. Because obviously we didn't have any debate about who is actually going to be in the squad, I assume we'll dive into why we've gone for whatever keeper for the first 11 when we get to that bit because that's the biggest debate here it's not who it's it's who is actually the first choice yeah and i i, I get the feeling we differ we probably will yeah it is yes look forward to it um we'll move on now to the fullbacks um let's you know let's do left backs first because i think this is actually a quite easy choice as well uh who are your left backs well uh Obviously, I've, I've, we've got Shaw and Chilwell, surely. Um, but I've also written down Saka as a left-back. Interesting. Uh, yes, this is obviously one of the problems we've had since we've not consulted on who's in each other's squads. We've obviously got... We might have the same players, but down as different positions, I think. I will say now, Boyaka Saka is not in my squad at all. Ooh. So that's our first. I thought he might be in yours, but he's not in mine. Um, yes, Ben Chilwell and Luke Shaw are my two left-backs. Easy pick. I think at the start of the season, we kind of knew they were going to be our two uh, left-backs going into the tournament. Um, although I think unlike at the start of the season, I think we both agree Shaw would start. We'll get onto it later. But um, Yeah, to be fair, Shaw wasn't in the England squad until the last one he he had Saka or there was that weird England squad right at the start of the season where I think he only named one left back I think Trippier was basically the second choice left back but Luke Shaw is obviously his performances this season have made sure that he is a sure include not oh I've done that accidentally a uh you've you've said the word sure three times in one sentence a a definite inclusion there's no way he can be left out of the squad and say for Chilwell who's actually played very well in the last three four weeks or so um he he was sure uh sure of a place anyway 
regardless, he's he's probably made it more of a 50-50 than it was in the last few weeks. Um, well, that, that's one of the interesting debates from a Southgate point of view, who starts. I, I don't have a, a, an issue with either, really. But yeah, it, it, it's nice. I was a bit worried at the start of the season that we would literally have the one left back. Um, and at the start of the season, he probably was actually like one of the most nailed-on starters in an England team, Ben Chilwell just because of the lack of other options. But now Shaw is, is right up there with him. If if there had been no pandemic, he would absolutely have been starting uh, left-back yeah. uh, last summer. But uh, funny how a year changes things. Yeah. 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 Do you want me to uh, yeah. add anything about Saka as he's in mine? Yeah, go, go for it. Because I think that he's a player that a lot of people will have in their squads. I haven't picked him because... I don't. Fi- I think he's got the potential to be great, but I don't think he's great right now. But uh, I'm curious as to know why you picked him. So Saka was number twenty four for me. Ah. Um. So yeah, it was. I scrolled this to someone the other day, and you might not get this reference, but anyone cricketers might. He's basically the England football equivalent of Sam Curran for the cricket team in that he seems unspectacular but he is just capable of doing spectacular things or just pulling, you know, spectacular things out of, you know, out of nowhere. Uh, and obviously a, a big thing for him as well was his versatility. Um, this season he's played left back, left wing back, centre mid, right wing, left wing. And I think at the end of games, he's even had spells at right back. That was a big part of it. Every international tournament squad needs its versatility. Um, I think he is good enough to be here, but also it's good for him to have the experience as well. He's only young, and I'm sure he will be in the squads for years to come in whatever position. As I'm more open to a three at the back um, than you are, I reckon that's probably why he's in mine and not in yours, because he is more of a left wing back than a left back. So, yeah, that's why I, I put him in. Yeah, I think that did probably play a part. If I if I knew, as I said, if I knew for sure we were going to play a back five, um, I would probably have included him as a left wing back. But in my personal system, he doesn't. And I think as well, when you have now we have a twenty six man squad, I think you can get away with having slightly less versatile players. Yeah, because you can just fill those gaps with those three extra slots that you've got. Whereas in a, in a 23-man squad, I think I'd more seriously consider him. Um, it's interesting you mentioned him as your 24th man. We'll obviously mention our, the three players who we consider are our three extra men, I guess. Yeah, as we go along. Um, should we go to right, Max? Yes. Uh, the, great, the great debate, <laughs> uh, isn't it? Uh, the England right-back, um, you know, ranking, you know, everyone's ranking of the five main ones is very different uh, and that's not even including you know the likes of Matty Cash and Luke Aylin or Tyreek Lamptey wherever he's gone now um, I have gone with Trent Alexander-Arnold Aaron Wan-Bissaka and also Kyle Walker and I'll say Kyle Walker is my 24th man oh really uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you why it, it I, I like Kyle Walker. I think that he is a very... It's so... Di- okay, this is so difficult because Kyle Walker is a very unspectacular player. 
but he's just very solid and he's obviously the most experienced of all the England right backs. The reason I, he's my, I consider him my 24th man is that in my system, he would probably be the third starter. But also, yeah. if we had to move to a back five, he would probably be in my back three, uh, like he was in the 2018 World Cup. And I, I imagine that's what capacity he'll be used in in Southgate's team as well. So, And, and this was one of those that I think I kind of ummed and ahed about whether Walker would be in my 23. Um, and to be honest, he probably ought to be ahead of Wambasaka, but I've got to back my boy. I backed it. I can't. I can't have you know said all I've said in the past and not include him in my squad. Trent, I think. Well, I think you probably want to rant more about Trent uh, when it gets <laughs> to your turn. So I'll just talk about Wambasaka. He won't go in real life. I know that. I think it's a disgrace that he still hasn't been called up. The fact that Reese James got called up before Aaron Wambasaka is disgusting, in my opinion. And that's no disrespect to Reese James. He's a good player, um, very close to making this my team as well. Might even go in real life, but Wambasak is better. He's just a better player. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's an old saying, but, you know, goals win you games, defence wins you titles. And I think a strong defence is at the core of a good run at a World Cup or a Euros and he's the best defensive fullback in the world. So I think you have to pick him. And with Trent and with Walker, he gives you that kind of versatility. So if, you, if you're if you in a game where you can be more progressive, say against Scotland perhaps, you can play Trent. If you're worried about uh, a Ronaldo or an Mbappe um, playing against your back line, you can play wan and that person will be nullified for the whole game, I think. So that's why I've picked him. I've picked the best attacking fullback and the best defensive uh, right back uh, that England have plus Carl Walker who will probably go as one of the most experienced players if you can believe it uh, but yeah that's 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 me I know Southgate won't do this but that's what I've done to be honest, I think you've actually explained that really well rather than just having a rant um well, you, I mean, I can do that. I can do that as well if you like. But uh, I, I, this 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 podcast would be three hours yeah. long. Then <laughs> I, I think you actually covered some really good points. Um, before I go on to mine, there's yeah, talk you you about it in that a little bit of real life came into play for me here because I we spoke a bit before about we would like to see Aaron Wan-Bissaka play as a right sided centre back in the back three, and I mean Reese James did it well at the weekend. I know he was at fault for the goal but I thought Rhys James was really impressive one-on-one against Vardy, which is why I think he played there. I don't see any reason why Wan-Bissaka couldn't play there. And if I'd seen it in real life, I think I'd have been far more inclined to put him in mind, to be honest. Um, and again, I think particularly as you're more open to the back four than I am. Uh, sorry, yeah, that's right. Um, I think that obviously Wan-Bissaka is never, well, shouldn't really, especially in an England team, shouldn't be used as a right wing back in a back three you could play in there but with the potential yeah. we have like you wouldn't put I, I would rather have Reese James as a right wing back than Wan-Bissaka but if it gets yeah. to a right full back the argument is quite different I think yeah I, I'll tell you just before you say yours I'll tell you now if I knew for sure we were playing a back five I just call it a back five for now if 
finally we were playing a back five, I wouldn't pick Aaron Wan-Bissaka in the squad. I'd pick Walker, Trent, and then I'd flip a coin between Trippier and James. Yeah. Um, but yes, because Wan-Bissaka does not suit, is not as well suited to that system. But in my team, which is going to play a back four, he does. So I'll let you... Uh, Run for your ones now. No, I think that's fair enough. Uh, mine is, um, and all of the, all of these were well inside the twenty-three. Uh, Walker, Trent, and Rhys James. Yeah, is that's fair. Is mine. Um, Walker, uh, Walker, and Trent for me were certs. Walker is really valuable for his genuine ability to play right side of centre back and right back and right wing back. Really, Trent is like you know how much I love him but he's not a sure starter for me but he's a sure in the squad for me because I think he's a really really effective sub even that's part of it bring on his passing at 1-0 down with 20 minutes to go you know or even his set pieces with 20 minutes to go um, especially if James Ward-Prowse isn't in your squad or on the pitch yeah, it's no debate for me, especially as I have named Saka. I don't need Trippier because Tripp- I feel like Trippier is in there because he can actually play left back. I feel like that's part of it, um, which is ridiculous. And I mean, Kieran Trippier is is decent. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't offer our fullback positions have to have the potential to be so explosive, and mm. he just doesn't really offer that as much, especially compared to Trent and Rhys James. So for me, actually, this wasn't really much of a debate. Trippier, I, I have Wan-Bissaka above Trippier. Wan-Bissaka is my standby right back, if in the case of injury. Obviously, that would maybe depend on which fullback got injured. If Trent got injured, it might be Trippier above Wan-Bissaka. But obviously, we can go all night with what ifs and all that. Um, it, could, it, could, it honestly could fill a whole podcast, couldn't it, talking about just the right back situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with what you're saying about the set pieces. Um, England did so well with set pieces at the World Cup, and I think they're still going to continue to do so in these Euros. And I think Trent is the best set piece taker we have. And as you said, unless you are going to play James Ward-Prowse, you know, who might not even make some people's squads, to be honest. Uh, I don't, we'll find out in a bit if he makes ours. But um, if, yeah, you need a good set piece taker, and he's the best. And I cannot understand these reports that we've seen today, and I think yesterday as well, saying uh, apparently Southgate's going to leave him out. You know, he he left him out in March, and we moaned about it then. But I said, oh, maybe it's a a chart, maybe it's for motivation, and it seems to have worked if that's what it, the plan was, because Trent's been in the best form of his life in uh, the last few uh, last few months. You know, it's it's good. You know, it's he's probably back to his best now. Quite possibly, so, quite possibly the best player in the league at this moment in time. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So I, Southgate's got to notice that, and plus, again, they're both young, but Trent's got more experience in the in the England team than um, than Reece James does. I know that's why he likes Trippier as well because Trippier's played there for a while. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Here's an interesting stat for you now that we're at season's end. Uh, in all competitions this season, uh, Trent has nine assists. Uh, Wan Bissaka and Kieran Trippier both have six. Reese James has five, and Kyle Walker has one. 
So, for those saying Wan-Bissaka is not attacking, he has more assists than Reese James. Yeah, so there you go. Just wanted to say that. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> definitely for, for people for people you know using that excuse again. He's definitely massively improved that part of his game this year. Uh, just a quick note before we move on to centre backs. Uh, we didn't mention the, uh, our backup left backs. Um, Aaron Creswell would probably be mine. I did. Um, I didn't have one. Fair um, enough. Because <laughs> you'll use Kieran Trippier, I guess. I used three. I had three, didn't I? Oh, as you well. had Saka. So, of course. I was like, Sorry. I don't want to take like Cresswell. I think I'd rather take someone else from a different position if it got to that point. That was my thought. Fair, yeah. Fair enough. Um, Cresswell's had a good season, can play yeah. back three as well. So, um, James Justin probably would have been in consideration mm. uh, if he wasn't injured. And uh, 2018 World Cups, uh, 2018 World Cup, our two left backs were Danny Rose and Ashley Young, both of whom had no chance of making this tournament. How times change, eh? Mm. Um, let's move on to the big one, centre backs. This is, I think, is where we're going to differ the most uh, in our squads. How many centre backs have you bought, I... not including Carl Walker? Uh, yeah, okay. Obviously, he can play there. Uh, How many centre backs have you bought with you? Just it bef- until this about half an hour before this podcast, it was four. It's now okay. it's now five. Um, Interesting. Okay. One what one of these is the twenty sixth man, and that, now you've mentioned him. Actually, that twenty sixth man might have been James Justin, if if he was fit. Someone else who is just as versatile, in my opinion, and we'll get on to that. Okay, so you've gone five, I've gone three. Kyle Walker is basically my one of the centre back as well. He's you know, he was my twenty fourth man, so Okay, I'm gonna guess let's try and do this together. I'm gonna guess you've got John Stones. Of course, yeah. Good. Uh he's a lock, he's the best one in the team. I don't think we need to discuss him further. If it I assume you've got Harry Maguire. Yep. Yep, same. Again, you know what? I get what Gary Neville was saying on Monday Night Football about him being the most important player. I get it now. Yes. Didn't before I get it now. This is going to be fun. Okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you who my third centre-back choice is. Can't believe I'm saying this. Michael Keane. Oh, okay. We both have Everton uh, centre-backs in our team and they differ. Or do they? Because I'll I'll take I'll spoil it now. My fourth choice is Ben Godfrey. Yes, my uh my twenty sixth man is Ben Godfrey. Is he? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, okay, so you so you, I take it you haven't got Michael Keane then. I haven't. No. So you got Ben Godfrey. I'm gonna get. You know, I'll just say who it is. I can't even think who you've got. Oh, I know one of them. Yeah, my, my third. Go on, who is it? My third choice. Who is it? My third choice is Lewis Dunk. And that's it for this week, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that coming. Uh, and my fourth choice was Fikayo Tomori. Well played, sir. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I wanted to put Tomori instead of Keane, and I'll tell you why I didn't. Because I had Godfrey, and then I was like, I can't pick two players who have one cap between them. Yeah, um, I get that. I thought I can only have one unexperienced player, and I thought, you know, it's going to be Tamori or Godfrey. Who do I go for? I'll go for Godfrey. 
Um, but no, you know what? I applaud you for picking Fakaya uh, Tomori. Um, tell, tell us about him then, since you picked him. Um, there's two main reasons, really. I just think that he is a, a ridiculous athlete. One of, the, one of the best I think I've seen in, in the last five, ten years um, at centre-back. is outrageously quick. Um, and the main swing for me, because I wanted to put him in, but I thought, ah, oh, let's just have a look. What side is he playing for AC Milan? And he's on the left. That was the main swing for me. You know, if I had known that, I might have picked him instead of Godfrey, actually. <laughs> because, obviously, we both... I assume we both did not want to pick Tyrone Mings. You know what? I nearly went I nearly went Godfrey and Mings uh, because he's a left-footer. I might change... Can I change mine to Tamori now? If you like. <laughs> Mings is my standby. Is he... St- okay, fair enough. Um... um yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I do you know what? For Kai Tomori's a really good shout. Maybe I don't go with him because he suits a back three more than a back four. Uh, and personally, I I don't watch Syria, so I. But I hear only good things about his time at AC Milan. Apparently, they're going to buy him permanently for thirty odd mil. Good um, deal. So yeah, so um, Gareth's going to have to start flying out to Italy now to yeah. to watch <laughs> to watch him. Maybe uh, not to watch Chris Smalling, though, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think... So, Michael Keane, I, I'm not a big fan of his, but he's had a decent season. He's been in the England setup enough times so that he brings that level of experience. Ben Godfrey I went for because he's had a good season and he's an athlete as well. And he's a bit Eric Dyer-like in his versatility. He's played right back, left back... Uh, played as a DM apparently he, um, in his Norwich days, or when he was on loan from Norwich. When when, when he was on loan at Shrewsbury, he played every game at centre mid. Wow. So yeah, that that kind of versatility is very useful. Did you did you ever meet Ben Godfrey during your spell at Norwich, Jack? Uh, not meet. Obviously, you see you see them all. Um, yeah. The reason I know that about him at Shrewsbury is because when he came back from that loan spell. He was regarded as a centre mid, like in the office and stuff like that. He was spoken about as, oh, it, well, I assume him playing centre back is only temporary with the injuries because he's a centre mid. Well, these days he's a he's a centre back, really. Um, is a little bit Eric Dyer like, but he just offers more than Dyer in terms of um, athleticism. Uh, he's probably not quite as comfortable on the ball as Dyer, but he's, he's getting there. But yeah, I assume for you as well in the in the back four, if if things really got bad, um, he could be a fullback option. Yeah, that is the other uh, added bonus um, of Ben Godfrey. Yeah, I I like him. Uh, obviously uncapped. I don't know what he's been like at youth level, uh, but um, yeah, he probably wouldn't play. Yeah. Uh, if I was managing this team, but again, tournament experience. You know, John Stones didn't play in the Euro twenty sixteen. But it got a good experience at the time, so um, yeah, he's a risk. But uh, I put him in. There was a, a long list of average defend centre backs who could have made this squad and will probably make Southgate's one. Yes, uh, we're rattled through them. Uh, Tyron Mins. I don't hate him as much as other people, yourself included. <laughs> do. Um, he is a bit thuggish. Um, but uh, he's got a left foot, which I, I think is a, a big factor in his 
that's a big attribute, I think, in this squad. Uh, Esri Konza been outstanding for Villa this season, but again, like Godfrey, uncapped. Um, and I wonder how. I mean, he is very good, but I wonder how good he is necessarily. Well, I, I guess we'll find out next season as well. You've obviously picked Lewis Dunk. Uh, what was your justification behind that? Um, uh, one is that I, he's the only other centre-back I trust in the middle of a back three. He's very good there. Uh, in the way that we tend to play as well, he's very comfortable on the ball. I think it, like... Watching Brighton for the first, a bit less so later on in the game, but the first 20 minutes against uh, who they played the day they drew 1-1, West Ham. Um, you could tell that he wasn't there. Uh, it, it was just he's so comfortable. It doesn't it doesn't look hard, but he makes it look easy because he ju- he's just straight away they get on the ball and where's Lewis Dunk? He makes so many passes. And he just looks so comfortable. So, yeah, if there was an injury to John Stones, he's the person I'd trust next to play. That It's not a sweeper role, but it kind of is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, with Harry Maguire injured, I think uh, it is realist. We're going to have to turn to one of these alternatives, uh, potentially. I hope he is fit in time for the tournament. Um, I don't like Lewis Dunk. It's not a Brighton thing. Just don't like him. Um, how many red cards has he got this season? Three or four now? Is it is it two? At minimum three. He got one against Palace. I know he's had two recently, and I'm fairly sure there's another one in there. Um, I just I I think that he could be a liability. I know some people like defenders who you know put their body on the line and all that, but this is a guy who in in the Palace game earlier in the season just randomly two footed Gary Cahill in the ninety fifth minute. Yeah, that was strange. I'm sorry, I, I can't risk a player who's got a head like that in a major tournament. Uh, it's two reds, yeah. by the way. Two. Is it just two? Mm. Lucky bastard. And, and the, um, the other thing for me is, as well, is um, he's got five goals this season. He's, um, he's a massive threat from set pieces. He's actually Brighton's top scorer. What? Yeah. Uh, it might be tied now. That show, again, that just shows how crap Brighton are. Well, but... their strikers are. They're a good team. The strikers are a struggle to finish. Um, speak care- speak carefully on this chat. <laughs> on this chat. <laughs> I can't even speak English at this point. Yeah, uh, we'll rattle through the rest of these quickly because we're quite a far into this podcast already. Um, ben White, I would probably take over Lewis Dunk. Um, but again, inexperience. Um, if I knew we were playing a back five, I'd actually bring Connor Cody because he is the most naturally suited to a back five of any player in the world, probably. Um, I know you're giving me the side eye now, but uh, look, again, we're playing a back in my team. We're playing a back four. He doesn't fit the system. No, of course not. If you play, if I committed to playing a back five, I would bring Connor Cody in my team. I take I take Keen out. I put Cody in, and I put Tamori in as well. But um, that's not how we're doing it. So that's not how it works. And he's a good leader. You know, he's got leadership qualities, which I think this squad needs. Uh, other names: James Tarkovsky. Always rumored he's going to get called up and never does. Eric Dyer is the big elephant in the room. I get the feeling he's going to be in Southgate squad. I think he's very borderline. I'm not sure. I think Cody will. Um, Dyer, I don't know. 
it'll be interesting. Again, the argument will be, well, he can play in defensive midfield, but he's not playing. He's not played as a DM all season. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like when people are like, well, Declan Rice can play centre back. How many times has he played centre back for West Ham recently, though? None. He's always played as a DM. So I think that's you know. Whereas Ben Godfrey has played in all those positions all season. Yeah, Tamori we mentioned, and then the two who won't be going, who are at the 2018 World Cup, Gary Cahill, obviously, he retired. Uh, actually, not not retired, as it turns out. Um, he basically said, I'm stepping back, and I'll, but I'll be called up if there's, like, a massive injury crisis, apparently. So he could actually still come if, like, everyone else is hit by a bus or something. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I hope that doesn't happen. Um and the other one, of course, was the man, the myth, the legend, that is Phil Jones. Oh, God. Yeah. Could you imagine Phil Jones, uh, World Cup winner, 2018? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the midfield. Um, we're going to do kind of defensive midfielders slash sort of central midfielders now. Uh, in my system... A four-two-three-one. These players are the ones playing in the pivot. Uh, primarily, I guess for you, it's the same if you play a three-four-three or a four-three-three. These are your, 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 this is your midfield, basically. I take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've got five players here. Um, I'm just going to rattle them off. I've gone with Jude, Jude Bellingham of Dortmund, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice. James Ward-Prowse, and my 25th man is Jordan Henderson. Oh. I think... I'll, I'll start with Henderson, if I may. Yeah. Um, I think Henderson should go fit or not, because he essentially is England's vice-captain Yes. Uh, behind Kane, and I think you just need him in the dressing room, in the squad, to motivate the players. Um, whether he'll do it, whether he'll go onto the pitch at all, I don't know, but I think you have to bring him, even if, you know, just don't bring him as a player, just bring him as, like, one of the, the coaching staff, just to, just to motivate the lads, like, you kind of, you need, you know, that experienced uh, head in that squad, and that's why, that's why he's my 25th man, because obviously I'm not sure if he makes it or not because of his injury, Yeah, I think if he was fit, he would go, and he would probably start for me, but um, it's touch and go at the moment with him. Yeah. Um, any differences in your midfield selections? Uh, I haven't taken James Ward-Prowse. Okay. It's, uh, well, what I've got written down here is, um, DM and CM, and I've got five names, uh, all of, all of whom I presume you are taking, uh, Rice, Henderson, and Phillips, um, and Phillips was my spare extra 23rd, I think he was. Um, okay. Uh, or 24th, one of them. Uh, and my slightly more progressive centre midfielders, I've got Mount and Bellingham. Okay, so I'll say now Mount is in my team, but not not to play in my pivot, basically. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was much of a spoiler, which is why I just put him in the CM section. Yeah, James Ward-Prowse I have no problems with. He's obviously my standby. I don't think, I, from what I can gather, it Maguire is, is I would say, at least semi-likely. Henderson is less so. Yeah. Hence why, hence why he's my twenty fifth man. He wouldn't have made, he wouldn't have made my twenty three. Yeah, I agree that um, he is. I've heard before about him being the, the the vocal captain and Harry Kane is a lead by example. 
they are both basically almost joint captains in a way. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I I take him. Um, I don't think he'll be fit enough to start and have catered for as such in my lineup. Um, but yeah, um, I suppose not much to say because we completely agree. Bellingham, I just I I just really like the balance, especially as I'm more open to three four three again. Um, and that, that balance of the, the midfield two and the three four three is so important, and he just offers that little bit more progression than Calvin Phillips and and um, and whoever your second holder would be, probably like Henderson or something. James Will Prowse. He he is just a touch on Bellingham. He is the player I think that England have been desperately needing in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, because we've either had defensive midfielders or we've had attacking midfield. We've not had a link man. And I think he's the perfect link man. He's young, yes, but everything I've seen from him, he's uh, looks brilliant already. I love him on Football Manager as well. I'm sure most people yeah. do. Um, yeah, um, brilliant player. So yeah, no, I'm glad you have him as well. For that reason you mentioned actually is like this time two years ago or whatever, which is why Loftus Cheek and Oxlade Chamberlain were locks in my England squad. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. I think I think he could end up being England's most important man in the next few years. Mm. Um, so, uh, hey, Henderson, we discussed Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. I think are our best two DMs. Uh, I wouldn't start both. No, neither. Obviously, um, I think they have different qualities, though. I think Calvin Phillips, if we're playing like a, a midfield free, he'd do really well in the pivot as he does with Leeds. Whereas Rice, I feel, is perfect for. A double pivot to be like mm. the engine room, like he is with Suchek. So yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing like Rice and Henderson in a in a double pivot, but I wouldn't want to see them in a midfield free. I think that's too defensive, but I think there's a right balance if you get the formation right. Um, yeah, and then um, James Ward Prowse uh, set pieces basically. Yeah. Um, and he's got enough defensive attributes to play in a pivot, whereas I don't think Mount does. Hence why he's in a slightly different position for me. But yeah, um, I definitely feel if you don't start Trent, you probably should start Ward-Prowse, just because you need a good corner free, t- uh, free kick taker. Yeah. So, well, one of the main, you, and, and, yeah. Sorry, so one of the main swings for me in terms of not taking him set piece-wise was that we have Luke Shaw, um, who takes basically all of them now, and Mount who takes him for Chelsea. That was the main swing for me, but I do understand your point because Ward-Prowse is a different level to both of those at set-pieces. Yeah, yeah. And if, you know, set-pieces are going to be as important as they were in 2018, then you've got to take one of the best ones. I think that's all we really need to say about the CMs. We kind of agree on them, as as you mentioned. A um, couple of names who have missed out. Harry Winks just hasn't done it really for Spurs. <laughs> Um, he was in the athletics selection choices um, so, as like an option, and I was like, "What?" Sorry, pardon. Yeah. Um, you've not read that article yet. Uh, <laughs> um, other names: uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um, probably would have been ideal for that Bellingham role, as you mentioned, but um, unfortunately, too injury prone. He's done okay for Fulham, but nothing special. Um, Ross Barkley. The kind of forgotten man, one of our best players in qualifying, but yeah, hasn't hasn't happened this season on loan. Um, Ainsley Maitland Niles, yeah, has the versatility that Southgate loves, but again, not been 
uh, outstanding really for West Brom or Arsenal this season. Uh, Oxlade Chamberlain, as you mentioned, injured. And uh, the other one from 2018 was Fabian Delph, of course. Jesus, he has um, 0% chance this time. He's not played a single. He's not, well, he has played a bit for Everton, but yeah. injuries have killed him. Um, not generally, but there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so now we kind of get into we blur the line between attacking midfielder and forward. So um, you've already mentioned Mount. Um, it, it, again, in my system, I have bought two players to play as a number 10. Uh, Mount is one. I think he speaks for himself. He's a great player, uh, both in our team of the seasons uh, that we did last week. And the other name I picked is, and providing again that he is fully fit to go, Jack Grealish. Yeah. Um, again, fairly obvious, being brilliant this season. Um, has the versatility to play on the left, as does Mount, but Mount, I think, should be a number 10, uh, or at least a very advanced number 8. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if you have anything to add, but I think those are two pretty safe options in this squad. I think what we've said here is uh, proves about Mason Mount being the most tactically flexible player in the squad. Just so important for us to be able to play different systems. We both got him penciled in for different roles. Yeah, that's it, really. I mean, yeah, Grealish is in mine. I actually haven't got any player who is exclusively in the number 10 column. Um, I just realised that now. Um, I've got players in red pen, which means can play there, but none of them are in black, which is main position. Just, <laughs> I, we don't really, we don't, they don't really exist anymore, regardless. But um, pure number 10s aren't really a thing. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. No, no, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Because a pure number 10 is like, is too lazy to play in this team. The traditional number 10. Yeah. I mean, to, with the way my team is set up, the right winners and left winners and strike, they're all, the, the front four are all going to move around. Fluid, so yeah. It's, not, it's fluid, as you say. So um, they're not, they don't have to just stay as a number 10. Uh, other players you will probably miss out, Deli Alley. No chance. Obviously, there's no chance. Um, I'm going to guess you don't have him, James Madison? Nope. Yeah, uh, unlucky, but I don't think he's as good as the other options that we have. Um, I put Eze in there, just as a cheeky little wink. Um, had a good season, but he's not nowhere near ready. Uh, and Emil Smith-Rowe is, again, different kind of player, uh, but he misses out as well. Does this, in my squad, at least. Does, does this mean you have Jesse Lingard? Uh, he is all, well, I don't know if you have Jesse Lingard. He, I don't have Jesse Lingard. Okay. Do you have Jesse Lingard? No. Nah. Okay, so we'll mention him now. Yeah. Um, he, was ne- he was nearly the 26th man in my team. Okay. But I've, gone, but I've gone with someone else, and I'll explain why later. Okay. I guess moving on to uh, wide players, perhaps. I'll rattle my one off now. I have Phil Foden, who I know is can also play number 10. Uh, Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, and Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Uh, in my wide player section, I have Sancho, Sterling, Rashford, Grealish, Foden. Yeah, so all <laughs> the same, basically. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is the problem when you have players who can play in different roles that you don't know where to classify them. Um, as midfielders or forwards so I don't know if we need to really talk about these guys they all pick themselves by the sounds of it 
Yeah, and they can all play a variety of... Diff- this was probably the hardest part. The, this was the easy bit. The hardest bit was where, where do I put them in the 11 and who do I put in the 11? It's so hard. Um, yeah. And I get why you've gone for a front four because it just it just makes sense to try and put more in. But, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's a lot of unlucky players, as you said. Like Lingard... I, the reason I asked is because if I was picking... If I had picked Lingard, I'd have had him in the number 10 section. That was the only reason I asked. Hmm. Um, That's fine, yeah. So, yeah, players like that are unlucky. Lingard, Madison probably would get in any time in the previous 10 years. Yeah, I think it's. I think Madison's unlucky with injuries this season. I, I think out of the, the Mount, Grealish, Foden, him, that, that those four, I think he's the weakest. The gap's widening. They're all got different qualities. Um, yeah, that's right. I think Southgate. I think Southgate as well admires hard working players, and I think Madison is not. Uh, he's hard working, but he's not like a huge runner. I guess I'm ninety percent sure that's why he didn't start the FA Cup final, and why why Iosi Perez did. So yeah, I don't I don't think you're you're wrong with that. Um, and yeah, I think that the other three are. There's a mountain. The other three are kicking him further and further back, down and keep going. Go away. Um, so yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think he's got much chance, but that's not because of a, a quality thing with him. It's just he's just not as good as the other options at this moment in time. Uh, I think we'll talk about these guys in our starting elevens because I think that's where we're going to start differing. Yeah. Um, other people to miss out: Hudson Odoi. At one point, the Wonder Kid is not. He's good. He's again injuries and just constant rotation haven't helped. Harvey Barnes would have been in consideration, but injury obviously. Uh, Jack Harrison's an outside bet. Yeah, but again has never played for England, so would be extremely risky to try and take him. Uh, so there you go. And then moving on to strikers, we've got a few players left now. We know Harry Kane's going. Of course. Yeah, who is your? Hey, how many players have you got left? One or two? Two. Two players left. Okay. Uh, who are your two players left? Uh, my two players are Harry Kane, obviously. Oh, so I've got one left, like apart from Harry Kane. Oh, one left after. Sorry. Kane. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Harry Kane right. and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Okay. Yep. Um. Uh. Yep. Would you like to know who my twenty-sixth man was, which I changed to Ben Godfrey during this podcast? I'm going to take a guess it was Mason Greenwood. No, he was my... He's actually on standby. I found oh, out, okay. I found out last night that he never actually officially committed to another country. So my 26th man was Mikel Antonio. I found this out today. Um, um, I, I don't know what I was reading. I just... I was like, no. <laughs> I just got excited at the prospect of him coming on against tired defences with 15 minutes left. <laughs> I was like, oh, this guy's going to murder people. It's going to be so fun. That was part of it. Um, imagine being knackered and had Harry Kane, Foden and etc. brush it, like, run you ragged. And then, oh my God, Mikel Antonio comes off the bench. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was my 26th man. And I thought, actually, I probably don't need him. That was my. I could probably get away with putting other naming other subs, especially as Harry Kane is probably almost certainly going to play ninety minutes every game, at least the games that matter. Yeah. So. Um. 
yeah, interesting pick. I hadn't even thought, I hadn't even considered Antonio just because I thought he was had had gone officially for Jamaica. But uh, yeah, yeah, fun pick. Um, yeah, so I've also gone Dominic Calvert Lewin, um, perfect backup I think for Kane. Similar kind of well, target again, another target man, decent finisher. I think if we lose Kane for injury or whatnot, I think he's the like the exact kind of person to come in because he can sort of hold the ball up and support other forwards. Uh, my 26th man, though, and this was nearly Jesse Lingard, and then I changed my mind uh, a few days ago. Might be a bit hypocritical picking him because I've mocked his inclusion in uh, a certain former Manchester United player turned pundits uh, squad. <laughs> I've gone Mason Greenwood. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Very completely fair enough. And I think he has a great chance of actually being in the, the team, the squad, the real life one. Yeah. My my main justification for it was two. One I thought I've apart from Sancho, I've not got a proper like right like backup right winner. Because Rashford and Sterling are better on the left and Foden's obviously an attacking my midfielder by trade. So I thought Greenwood, yeah, he's a centre-forward, but has played right wing more often than not for United. He offers something different to the other strikers in the squad, obviously. And also I thought, you've got to imagine the scenario if it's the 115th minute against Germany. Um, we need a goal to keep us in the tournament. Who are you going to turn to on the bench? And I thought, Mason Greenwood's kind of the ideal impact sub. Uh, and I'd probably want to pick him ahead of Lingard or uh, any of the other striking options we're about to talk about. Yeah, so that, that's that's my reasoning. That's a great, um, no, that's a great point. Um, yeah. And to be honest, if I'd have picked this team another day, he might have been in it for the reasons you just said. Uh, I guess we differ a bit as well because I have Sterling and Sancho down as when I said about having my little bit of black pen. I have predominantly have Sterling and Sancho down as right-sided players. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, Sancho, I think, is probably the most balanced between quality on either side. Sterling, I think, is a lot better on the right. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I thought I thought you'd, you'd think he's better on the left. So yeah, I I think guess that's maybe that's where we just differ again. It, it, maybe if I'd have had the same positions as you, I'd have gone for Greenwood. But um, yeah, I don't have any arguments with this. On, a, on another day, he could very easily have been in mind. We'll rattle through the other striking options. Um, Jamie Vardy, I think I would have loved to take him, but retired, obviously. Not not doing it. Uh, Tammy Abraham, probably would have gone a year ago, but um, just hasn't featured for Chelsea much under Tuchel, which I think is a great shame. I think he's a very underrated player. Uh, Patrick Bamford's had a very good season for Leeds but has no England experience and I don't rate all that highly as a player. Ollie Watkins nearly got in ahead of Greenwood um, for similar reasons, plays similar positions but again has very limited England experience. Uh, Danny Inns, I know a lot of people have called for him to be in the England squad but I don't see it. Um, same with Callum Wilson. He's, in, again, he's, he's injured. Newcastle, and again injured, yep. Um, and uh, the other inclusion from 2018, Danny Welbeck. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I'd had 
on like a, sh- a long short a long short list doesn't make sense but you know what i mean um i, I know what you mean yeah. i had uh i had all those names you've just said yeah i, I uh, bamford i have no issues with really it's just that i think that it, i'm not really sure how you know given that he's going to be a sub it, he's not doesn't really strike me as the impact sub the likes of the likes that greenwood and, and antonio and even watkins potentially obviously with this squad I have picked, Greenwood is my um, standby striker because I'm, I'm not going to piss off Mikel Antonio by saying, oh, yeah, we know you've, you probably want to commit for Jamaica, but do you fancy being on the standby list? It's just it's just not going to happen. So for me, Antonio, for me, was either in the squad or just completely out. So, yeah, that, that's it, really. Kane and Calvert-Lewin, but could very easily have been Greenwood or Antonio alongside them. So that is our, our 26-man squads. Reasonably similar, I would say. I think... The only players that we've not picked, I think 20 players we picked the same, I think. I could be wrong-ish. I'm not sure now. I wasn't keeping count. Uh, <laughs> I think the main difference is um, Ward-Prowse, Saka, Wambasaka, James, Dunk, and Tamori, and Michael Keane were the players that only one of us has gone for. So, yeah, but on the whole, I think fairly similar. Yeah, so backup centre backs were always going to be the the main uh, different uh, where we differentiated. I think because yeah. one, there's there's so many choices, and two, it's it's generally quite dependent on system. So where it may differ now is our starting elevens. You go first. Who is what is your eleven for that game against Croatia? Uh, so goalkeeper, I think you know who this is, Jordan Pickford is in because uh, I don't trust Nick Pope with the ball at his feet. I think I mentioned before that he had his audition in March and he failed when we conceded that goal against... Was it... Was it? Uh, who was it? Uh, Czech Republic. The Czech Republic? Um, it's always the Czech Republic, yeah. <laughs> um, where I think the goal doesn't happen if Pickford's in goal because I think John Stones trusts him more. Henderson, I think, is probably going to be the goalkeeper in Qatar. But I, I can't. I, I remember reading a stat that the goalkeeper who's won the last few, the last however, or no goalkeeper who's ever won the Euros or the World Cup has had is under the age of like 27 and has less than like 15, 20 caps or something. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So it's a position where experience is really important, I think. And whilst I don't doubt, like you said, that Henderson is probably the best one all round. I've got to go for Pickford's experience. And it, also his kicking is the best. And also I think in the last couple of months, he's actually been in pretty decent form, which swung me. Otherwise, if he'd have been rubbish in the last couple of months, I think I probably would have gone Henderson. Pickford, is, uh, sorry, Pope is clear third choice for me. That probably differentiates for you. Um, just because I can't trust the kicking. He's a great shot stopper, probably the best out of the three. But you can save as many as you like, but there's a clangor in there when when we when we need him. So yeah, that's my goalkeeper. I've gone for the back three of Carl Walker, John Stones and Harry Maguire, which I'd imagine would probably be your back three if you played that system. Maybe Cody for Walker, but that's a debate we're not going to have now. Um. I prefer I prefer John Stones as that sweeper where he can just be a little bit passive and control possession. That was why um, I wouldn't like him as a wide centre-back. Uh, my two wing-backs are Reese James and Luke Shaw. Okay. There's two main reasons why I haven't picked Trent. Uh, is that I, I, obviously I don't think he's he works the same as a wing back. 
and also I, I I think a big part of whether I put him in the team or not would depend on Jordan Henderson. I think the four three three really suits him because that right midfield is a bit wider and can sort of protect and they can work together as a nice little triangle with the right winger. So I'm not well, I think Reese James is a bit more flexible. Um, and a bit more balanced in terms of different systems and working with different partnerships. I think I've said before, I think he's the most balanced for right-back England have got in terms of between attack and defence. I really like him in both areas. Uh, Luke Shaw got it above Chilwell. Um, I think he's in better form. And also, uh, we can take him on some set pieces, especially as he's left-footed, gives us a different angle. Um, he's better at them than Chilwell, who also takes a few, to be fair. Yeah, I just think he's been better this season. And even at wing-back, he can use his runs into the box, um, which arguably becomes even more important in a wing-back position. Uh, that's really impressed me of Luke Shaw this season. Uh, my two in midfield, this is where I would differentiate from Southgate, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Declan Rice and Mason Mount. I just think, obviously, with 3-4-3, we've got the extra man behind us. We may as well just play that slightly extra progressive midfielder. But Mount can obviously... He's obviously not he's not like an out, outright wide player or outright number 10. He is very much comfortable in that role, which he's played for Chelsea a bit more recently, actually. Like Rice and Phillips in a 3-4-3, I just don't see the point. Um, it, it'd be different in a 4-2-3-1, but I just don't see the point. We've got the extra man covering. Uh, and my front three, which was very difficult, uh, I have gone for Phil Foden on the right. Well, right-sided number 10. Jaden Sancho on the left and uh, Harry Kane up front obviously I really like this role for Foden because it's like a wide slash number 10 I think it also really suits Jack Grealish but I think Foden and Grealish lack a bit on the pace front that was my worry um, which is and I can't justify putting Raheem Sterling in the starting 11 at the moment he can't get in the City team and when he does he just doesn't look at it at all um, so it just didn't make sense to put him in my starting 11 Rashford, um, I think, is quite possibly the, the... In terms of what a modern winger is, I think he is the the most modern winger of all of the players in this position, which would maybe... I think he suits the 4-3-3 or, or 4-2-3-1 more. So I've left him out. I also don't think he's fully fit and hasn't been for some time, but I would still take him for his burst off the bench. Um Kane needs no explanation. And I'm also a massive fan of Kane in systems that don't have number 10s because he has that little extra space to drop into um, a bit more so than when there is a number 10. We saw against Spain in particular when it was, I believe it was Sterling and Rashford. Kane dropped into space, found those passes for Sterling and Rashford. It was lethal because they're both so quick. Um, that alone almost pushed me into picking Sterling, but I thought I can't justify it on form. Um, even if he gets those chances, I can't guarantee he scores it. So, yeah, that's my uh, starting eleven for the first game. Wonder what you think. <laughs> I, I like it a lot. Um, if I was doing a a three-four-three, that's more or less how I'd go, to be honest. Yeah, and I I don't I, if we if we started like that in the first game, I think I'd be perfectly fine with it. Naturally, my team is completely different though uh, in regards in regards of all of that. Yeah, uh, goalkeeper. I said before I didn't mind who started. I've gone Dean Henderson because he's the best. That's simple. I think he's the best one of the three. Yes, he's got, what, half an hour uh, is his England career at the moment, but um, I think he's the best one of the three. So there you go. Um, as I said, yeah, four two three one. Right back, 
I was going to say Kyle Walker, but I've changed my mind to Trent purely for the set pieces. I know this is not a system that suits him necessarily. I think he, he's best in a 4 3 3. But, you know, he's got the set piece ability. And I think I'm not going to play Ward Prowse. So you definitely need that. Centre backs, no surprise, John Stones, Harry Maguire. Um, no explanation needed. Um, quick question for you. If Harry Maguire is not fit for the first game, who steps in? Um, is it in my squad or if it was yours? Uh, in your start, in your in your one, if he doesn't. Uh, if Harry Maguire is not there, who is your third centre-back? Uh, it becomes... I did actually write this down somewhere because I thought you might ask me this question. It actually does become um, Fikaya Tomori. Okay, fair play. Um, I'd probably go Michael Keane just because he's more experienced. Although I think Ben Godfrey is a better player. So there you go. Yeah, uh, left back, Luke Shaw, no surprise there. You know, ideally, I'd kind of want to go Wambasaka and Shaw <laughs> just because I want one defensive and one attacking, a bit like how United do it. But as I said, set pieces, I want Trent. So there you go. In my pivot, I've gone Declan Rice like you. I've perhaps controversially picked Jude Bellingham to partner mm. him in the pivot. Interesting. Uh, I don't trust Mount in there. I get I that. I, in a in a back three, I would. Yeah. Because you have got the extra man there. But in a back four, I think Bellingham's the most progressive. Completely agree. But yeah, further into the tournament, I wouldn't mind Rice and Henderson, just because you probably want a bit more defensive solidity there. Um, but obviously it depends on fitness. My front four then, if you like, I'll go with who I originally selected. Um, Phil Foden on the right, Mason Mount as the number 10, Raheem Sterling on the left, oh. and Harry Kane striker. You've now kind of talked me into Sancho on the left, but um, again, it everything free flows. I think you need two creators and two goal threats, and I think Kane's obviously one of your goal threats. Foden amount to create and then it sounds weird saying it but Sterling to score a goal maybe <laughs> I don't know I think he I think he could come alive in an England shirt he's formed for England is very good still um probably one of our best players in qualifying so yeah I'd I'd say Sterling but again I'd happily put Sancho in there um I wouldn't start Jack Grealish no. Uh, not for the first game, he's not ready yet. Um, and I'd want to save Mason Greenwood for an, an, an impact sub role. Uh, same with Rashford as well, probably. Foden and Sancho was a really tough one on the right. I think Sancho's obviously the better player and the better right winner, but you can't ignore the form Foden's in. Hmm. So, um, well, I could see both playing together. That would work for me. And then, as you said, Kane picks himself. So, Yeah. Um... If you're interested, I, I also just put a little team down in case I was going for back four, maybe against Scotland or something like that. Um, yeah. And our only two differences is that I would have, I'd take out Bellingham and put Phillips on the right, and I'd have uh, Sancho instead of Sterling. The, apart from that, the other nine are all the same. Obviously, Pickford and Henderson, we differ. But yeah. But um, yeah, apart from that, yeah, I'm the same. I'd, I'd go Trent if it was a back four. I think he's the best suited one. Him and Walker. Oh, I'm I get, this is tough now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Again, I think it's... If you want to go based on who you're playing, 
you know, in the tougher games, you'd probably want Wan-Bissaka, but do you dare rotate that far into a tournament? Yeah. Um, I've, uh... you know, it's a bit It's a bit like Ryan Bertrand playing in the Champions League final, making his debut in the tournament, isn't it? It's a very weird thing to do. That was suspension reasons, to be fair. True, but still. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I uh, yeah, I could definitely see where you're coming from with all of those. Uh, I kind of solved the right back issue by just playing two. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's what happened. It's what happened last time. So yeah, I, I can't really disagree. I, I just thought I actually looked at it and just thought actually this three four three. I said about well, I hinted about formations being just a thing to show on the TV at the start of the game. I actually thought this 3-4-3 was the most balanced. I was looking at 4-2-3-1. I thought, actually, like Rice and Phillips, uh, which is what I'd go for. I was like, I don't like it as much as having Rice and Mount uh, in a 3-4-3. So yeah. um, I just didn't really have the balls like you have to go for Bellingham, which I understand why you've done that. Yeah, I just thought the 3-4-3, whilst it still covered my defensive side, it had that little bit of extra progression than maybe we'll see from Southgate. I think Southgate's squad is going to be very different. A lot of players who I don't think we both probably wouldn't have near our squads are going to make it. But, yeah, hey hope it's his job at the end of the day. Um, and I'll back the boys no matter what. So Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. just to, to sum up, I think we actually agreed probably a lot more than we thought we would. And we, we thought that centre-back, we would probably disagree, but it doesn't actually matter because most of them aren't likely to start anyway. Aside from Dunk, I kind of like all your players, but you know, there you go. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, and on that note, I think we're going to quickly wrap the podcast up because we're nearing on an hour and a half here and it's also my bedtime. So. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Um, go follow us on Twitter at Bus Parking FPL. Good luck for the rest of the season, uh, everyone listening, and to Jack as well because this time next week the league will be over. <laughs> um, very sad times, but um, yeah, we will hopefully have more podcasts in the future. Uh, probably do another Euro predictor. I mean, we did, we did one back in like October, but a lot's changed since then. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we might do another one. We might do a season review. We might do a preview for the Euro Fantasy game. I know a lot of people are jumping on that now. We'll wait and see. There probably won't be a podcast next week, though, because Jack is enjoying Norwich for a week. But uh, Unless I do it with someone else. But uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, guys. Uh, any final notes from you, Jack? No, uh, just hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, a little bit different, but um, something that we're both very interested in. So, um, yeah, hope you liked it. Yeah, I I enjoy doing these kind of podcasts. I liked doing the team of the season with you last week, and uh, yeah, it's not every day you get to pick an England squad for a major tournament. So did, there you go. Did, this was probably the podcast I most anticipated uh, this this <laughs> season. I really looked forward to it, and and it didn't disappoint as well. I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, thanks, Callum. It was it was great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. All right then, guys. Uh, we will see you when we see you next week, two weeks' time. Who knows? Good luck. Uh, stay safe and goodbye. <laughs>